Afghanistan, Algeria, Armenia, Egypt, India, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Kurdistan, Lebanon, Pakistan, Palestine, Syria, Turkey, Jordan. Welcome to Radio Intifada. Voices from Calcutta to Casablanca. Voices of struggle. Voices for change. Bringing you news and analysis of people's struggles throughout Southwest Asia and Northern Africa. Brought to you by Swana Collective. KPFK Pacifica Radio, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles and 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara and streaming live at kpfk.org. Good afternoon. My name is Nima Ardalan. I'm glad to be bringing you another program from the Swana Region Radio Collective here at KPFK Pacifica Radio, 97.0 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara and 93.7 FM in North San Diego County. Today's program, all KPFK programs are streamed live online at kpfk.org. You can listen to our shows live or our archive shows. All of these programs are available at kpfk.org at around the world. Swana Region Radio programs are archived for 90 days. These programs are only possible with the help from our listeners and only with your generous contributions and your donations to KPFK. We always ask listeners to support us. You can do that in our fund drives, which is going to be next week, or by calling the station 818-985-KPFK, or just go online and make a donation. Today's program, we have our own collective member, Professor Hamoud Salahi of California State University, Dominguez Hills, uh, Professor Salhi is an Associate Dean of International Education and Senior International Officer. Hamoud, again, we are together and we are discussing a couple of uh, topics. We are going around a little bit today, right? Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks very much. We're going around the world, actually, today. <laughs> or around the region. Cover the region and bring you the latest news that you don't get on mainstream media. And of course, uh, I the expertise of the region and uh, the whole collective's expertise uh, makes this possible. So we do appreciate you supporting KPFK, specifically Swana Region. So tell me, Hamid, what have you been up to? Listen, we've been following these things in Algeria, where out of the blue, uh, something came in the news. The uh, uh, leaders of the AFRICOM, the African Command in Stuttgart, Germany, are making a visit or made a visit to Algeria, and they did that before to Tunisia. What's interesting about it uh, is that uh, he met with the president, uh, the leaders met with the president, and then they, they met with the defense, or oh, what is that, the deputy defense minister, uh, the most influential person in Algeria. And that created some noise. Uh, what, are, what are the Americans doing in Algeria? Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about Africa uh, so we better understand it. What is. I, I got it. You have no clue what Africa is. Africa. Well, it's the Kurdish it's, it's, issue. Yeah. It is the, uh, no, obviously, AFRICOM is, is the uh, yes. um, uh, Africa and uh, U.S. Yeah, yeah. Know. it's, no, no I, I know you and I, we did, we did shows before on this, focusing on the region. But a bit, it's an excellent question. Just a very a brief introduction. If we go back to uh, when uh, George W. Bush was in power and Dick Cheney was ruling the country, 
they, at that time, around 2005, they uh, decided, uh, the leaders, I mean, uh, uh, the Bush administration decided uh, to uh, make the African oil, which is really spread in about uh, 13 to 15 countries, major countries, as a strategic uh, oil. Now, that is very, very significant because the only other description of, the, of that kind of uh, strategic oil is the Gulf countries. And if we go back to the 60s, this is when the United States, and we have now documentation uh, that were, you know, secret documentation, the United States was prepared uh, to burn the oil of the Gulf countries if it felt a serious and clear threat from the former Soviet Union. So now when we say that's the value of the, of the, of the Gulf oil, now forward to the African oil and you give it the same description, so it's very, very significant. Uh, and what happened is that shortly after uh, uh, that decision or that strategic outlook, uh, the United States start to think about using that oil uh, for internal use, for domestic use. Uh, yeah, let, let me let me let me interrupt you for a second there. So, it's it's strategic, goal or is it, or is it uh, really colonialism? Uh, it's, it's fascinating. Was it to that, fight terrorism or what in the region? Well, I, I don't. I, I'm still kind of lost on that one. So, so initially, initially, that's how. So, the, what they decide, they created the African uh, this command for Africa. There are about I think seven of them in, in the whole world. So they created this, and, and don't quote me on the number. Uh, they created it, designed to have it in in, in Africa. And then uh, George W. Bush began touring the continent and looking for a country that would host it. And exactly what you just said, every African country thought of this is a, as another uh, means of colonialism, for colonialism, all that stuff. So every uh, uh, country uh, was uh, decided uh, not to host it. So they ended up to go to host it, to put in Stuttgart, Germany. Now its mission, uh, up to uh, this year was to combat terrorism. The idea is that we are going to go there to combat terrorism, but underneath it is really the oil resources to protect the oil resources. Well, yeah, it, it's, con it's concentrating on deterring Russia and China. Is, is that part of it? That's the, so a year ago, or the discussion started as part of this huge debate in, in uh, you know, in American national security that, that now the new threats are Russia and um, it's always been there. But the new thing is that they are looking at Africa and they are changing the mission or they already done this of the, uh, of the, um, uh, what is it, of Africa. So from combating terrorism to counteracting uh, Russia and, and, and China. That's where we are now. Now, when they did this, the way they are doing this is that the, uh, there are several pieces that came out in uh, military journals. Uh, journals are making statements. The Pentagon has had several uh, press conferences. And, and, and the main thing is that they are very, very concerned uh, about Russia and China, and they want to sell it uh, to, the, uh, to the African countries by making it a, a public sort of uh, benefit or, uh, to the African countries. The message for them 
And this is where how the, the, the Pentagon and the AFRICOM is pushing this. Well, we protected Africa all this time. Uh, and the benefactors from this, because we brought stability, and this is their words, not mine, we brought stability, uh, security to African. Well, the Russians and the Chinese benefited from that. So they are influential and they are powerful because of our policy uh, uh, to counter terrorism. So now we're gonna shift our focus to make them the enemy and try to win over the sympathy and the, uh, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and the friendship of the African countries. So there are two dimensions of it where be, is they are engaged in this public relations uh, endeavor uh, to make them look, uh, or the goal is to make uh, make the Arab, uh, was it African countries, and by African, you know, we, we talk about Northern Africa, a huge part of it, uh, to be uh, a, uh, to make the United States their first choice. That's their word. So that's where okay. now it, 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 we can continue and link into Libya. And yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. how is the U.S. is ju- is justifying? Uh, how is our government, the U.S. government, is justifying this change of strategy? And then I have another question for you, or more of a dilemma uh, about China, actually. But uh, if you answer that one first, please. How, how, how are we just... So, so for Russia, it poses a serious problem. And now this is why they go into Algeria. And Algeria, just a, uh, 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 was it a report from the Sputnik, uh, was it... Uh, 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 identified Algeria as being as getting the best military uh, weapons uh, from Russia, and it made it the most important uh, partner or uh, uh, military partner. Uh, now you go in this Africa, I'm going to Algeria, and then telling the Algerians, "Look, Russia, we are better than Russia." And what's what's very very important? Uh, I mean, w- we're going to put aside Mali, but in in Libya, it's very very significant. The United States uh, has changed its position in fa- uh, to favor national reconciliation, sort of certain kind of dialogue where, where, where it's, be- uh, it's better to resolve these things peacefully. But it's against Russia. So Russia has, you know, is supporting the UAE, and then the UAE has just signed, you know, they, uh, they are engaged in purchasing or you know the sale of arms, so uh, from the United States, so they are in Algeria to tell in I don't know what to the Algerians. Look, forget about the Russians, but the Algerians will say, well, uh, what do we get in, in exchange? And yeah, and you know very well the Algerians have had experience dealing with Congress and a lot of, and that's why they're reaching out to other other countries. So it's really serious. Uh, the public relation that they are pushing for is very, uh, uh, was it um, uh, disturbing to say the least? But is miscalculating, and and you know the, the the best thing for the for the United States is to get out of Libya. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Interesting. Now, um, of course, we talked about the the visit, uh, the uh, Algeria and Tunisia visit, uh, but it's it'll be interesting to see will Algeria go with the U.S. or the U.S. go with Algeria. <laughs> Yeah, that's very, very interesting. So the Algerians have this, uh, this principle that constant, and they, they, they really don't, um, they have pride in this idea of, uh, we don't want any military presence 
in Algeria on their region. It, it, it goes back to the to the colonialist uh, what yeah. happened, uh, you know, in the past yeah. uh, uh, couple yeah. of centuries. What what's been brought on the Algerian people, and that's yeah. that's understandable. Yeah. And and the military and the military is really a military is saying, you know, we can protect the, the country, and there is no reason for us uh, uh, to bring the United States. The United States, in fact, has, according to certain reports, no uh, no confirmation at my end. That they had suggested for years establish a military bases in the southern part of Algeria. This is close to the uh, uh, to Mali, and it's, it's a Sahara region. It's an open door to Africa. So the United States is really eyeing Algeria from the perspective of what the French used to be, which to view Algeria. Algeria is so huge; it's the biggest country in Africa. So if you if you have a control of Algeria, then you really have a big, big, big sphere of influence in the region. So and the, the the Algerian military has rejected it. Interesting. Now that that's that's the Berber region there. <laughs> yeah, that's where, where the, it's 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 fascinating. I mean, uh, what the United States does abroad fascinates me a lot because it's a, a lot of times, like for example, with Africa, all the other central commands in the whole world have really economic or uh, uh, whatever missions. So they, they contribute the United States, contribute the, the building of the economy of that country is in one way or another, in different ways. Look at Korea, look at Germany, all other places. Mm. Africa, they made it specifically about security. It's about all uh, security. And then if we look at, we're not doing Mali, but if we look at some of the stuff they are doing in Mali, it's 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 boy. I mean, it's it's very disturbing. So the point I'm trying to make here is that the, this idea of focusing so much on, on 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 terrorism and then on Russia and China and constantly forgetting that if you if you are if you mean it, you want to build build relationships and they, they call them long lasting relationships. Where you really have to reach out to the people. And that's one way of doing it. And there are a lot of opportunities for that. So to keep maintaining the status quo is a dangerous path. Uh, and, and maybe that's what they want. They don't want the, uh, the, the uh, they want the stability of the region under the current system, not realizing that actually the, the people want stability and they want prosperity and they want to deal with the United States as long as it treats them equally. And yeah. the Algerians understood that very well. They, they've been sort of very, uh, 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 strict about what they call their own principles, non-intervention, and yeah. Here's another thought that just really deserves a whole uh, show, but I'm just going to mention it. Uh, the fact that uh, U.S. is sort of accusing China of taking advantage and expansionism and and colonialism, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, especially in Africa, yeah. uh, where investment economic development everything has been absent for never been there yeah especially yeah. through the western countries abusers have been there but not real investment and no uh real economic uh, uh development now we have to talk about this at, at another time but i'm just want your quick opinion because we have to move on to the to the to yeah the, no no it's definitely I think the cost what is the uh, difference between the Chinese and the Western uh, I guess expansionism or so, so in the end they are both have seeds of dependency for example what the Chinese do are about economic projects they come in they they build projects they do all of that 
and then they 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 get paid uh, through either you know cash or some some kind of exchange. They would say, "We build you a bridge uh, for a billion dollars of of a barrel of oil." And then there are some conditions. If you fail to meet the uh, those demands, they then they step in and get some benefits so they could get their, uh, their back their money. This is what happened in Djibouti. United States is so scared of, uh, of, of uh, China now because China now has a military base. The, the port is actually theirs. Yeah, and they are. And now they have a relationship with every single country in Africa, including Equatorial Guinea, which is the last dictatorship in the whole Africa. This is nobody wants to go to Equatorial Guinea. It's a, it's a small island, but so rich in, 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 in natural resources. So uh, the Chinese build these relationships, but they don't come free. The United States is, is, is well, the problem with the United States is that you are engaged constantly with leaders that are not promoting, that are against dictators, basically. No, yeah. the, the other part of that is that we, ha- we have to leave it there, Hamoud, but the other part of it is that there is actual progress in, with the Chinese presence. They build roads, hospitals, infrastructure. Yeah. And you see it. You really you see, see it. it. Yeah. See, that's, yeah. that's the difference. We have to actually take this up in a whole uh, show. So uh, let me just remind our listeners that this is KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. This is Swana Region Radio. We're speaking with Professor Hamoud Salhi of uh, the Swana Collective uh, here at KPFK, and I'm Nima Ardalan. And uh, now, uh, let me ask you, Nima. Let me, I know you want to move to Iran, right? That's I would what, like to. Okay. <laughs> that's where you're moving. Okay. So let me ask you straightforward. I know you're going to ask about sanctions, all of that. But where do you think these sanctions are going? Are we going to war with Iran? Are we building the seats for, for see, war? See, that's, that's the part that I don't understand, and I don't think anybody else understands. Uh, I don't even believe the U.S. has a clear policy or a clear direction. I've always said this, Hamoud, and I want your opinion on this. U.S. policy, especially U.S. policy that uh, uh, that actually affects the Swana region or Iran in particular, has always been reactive, obviously reactionary, and uh, it uh, it's not a long-term policy. It doesn't appear to be, at least. I believe if... Uh, I don't want to see war, obviously, with Iran. It's mm-hmm. not going to... But I believe this administration, if they feel that they can make a case and possibly get a clear win over Biden, the, the Republicans would probably vote for, uh, for attacking Iran or doing more uh, than what they have done in the past. So... What, what's your take on I, 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 I think because we move into a second term, uh, either a second term or a new term for presidential, and I think if Trump is going to, uh, is, uh, is, go- is elected for another term, then he's going to have his war because every American president so far had his own war. So he's going to have his own war. Uh, Biden, uh, is, an, is another issue. He, he seems to want to go back to the, uh, uh, the nuclear treaty, but that's also problematic because he's on record also not liking it. That, that, that's what I was trying to say is that although 
Trump portrays that he's against wars, but if it's beneficial and will guarantee a second term for him, I don't think he would be hesitating. Yeah, and then and then when you look at the region, you really have a lot of things that are happening and they're going under the radar. And this is why this program is excellent. I mean, we we for for those people who wants to really to get the perspective from the region, they can actually listen to us and help us uh, be, be on uh, here for for a long time. Just recently, a New York Times reported, uh, and, and they seem to to underplay it. This partnership that the Chinese have signed with the Iranians. And it's got a lot of press in the region, but not to the extent where the mass media looks at it. One of the focus of this partnership is help, uh, what is that? Is provide economic assist, Chinese economic, uh, is for the Chinese to provide economic assistance to the, uh, to the Iranians. Along with security measure, security measures, and security measures meaning that you know if the United States come in, uh, then they have the backing of China. So that's one, one very significant development. So if the United States is going to war, then will it go against China because of this partner, or is it just a bluff? So it's a serious challenge. Then when you look at the region, the countries themselves, the only country, even though uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, Saudi Arabia, and, and you know, except for Kuwait, and probably uh, Qatar, the region sees Iran as, a, uh, as an enemy. Uh, and you know, there is a huge press out there uh, portraying the Iranians are, are you know, threat to their national security. But let's remember, that's a lot of it is perception. What's happening recently is another indication uh, that the neighbors, the people in the region, don't want an, a war with Iran. The United Arab Emirates certainly has built economic ties with Iran recently, more than before. They, they have reached understanding on security issues. So will the United States, uh, will United Arab Emirates support uh, uh, an attack on Iran? It's, it's, uh, if we shift away the idea that the, the, you know, there is this dependent relationship and the Emiratis cannot make a decision, I mean, they will be influenced, hard-pressed by, uh, by the U.S., then uh, what, what we see out there today, that's not possible. So the likelihood of war uh, in this case will be a war led by the United States and Israel, and the United States will do it alone. And it may be began by basically hidden what the United States will describe as nuclear sites. And that's how, how the potential for it. Yeah. Now, now, Hamoud, um, one of the things that, uh, in fact, uh, this is fairly, uh, I guess, it's, it's very uh, uh, transparent. Iran has declared, as a matter of fact, one of Iran's top military officials has declared that we look at... Uh, uh, obviously, Bahrain and UAE with different eyes now. What does that mean? That just translates that because of their recognition of Israel, which we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Iran has uh, has obviously has issues with UAE and Bahrain recognizing Israel. So that also comes into play. In a way, but, but, you know, um, there is another issue. There is another issue linked to this. I don't know how much time we have. There is also the, the we have about five, less than five minutes now. 
Yeah, and I'd like to ask you, because when you look at the internal politics of Iran, and you see, that's the theory behind it, is that we are going to put sanctions, all of this, to cripple the economy. But, you know, in reality, the Iranians are accustomed to this. And it's sort of, you know, it's become more of a how to adapt to it. And with the Chinese, the Qataris working some deals here and there, I think they will manage. But then the other things, and I'm asking your opinion, it is the, the minorities in Iran, the, uh, the internal dynamics of the Iran, Iran society, I think that's what the United States is investing, putting a lot of money there. I'm, I'm sure they, they are. The, the biggest problem is that not different than the rest of Iran. No one, no, there is no organized opposition to Iran, even, even in the Kurdish region. Three main factions, uh, political parties, that one that's sort of affiliated with uh, PKK and it's been around for almost two decades now, is the the one that's most active. The other two political parties have split up and have splinter groups, and they really have no uh, coherent. Uh, opposition, you know, unified opposition, especially in the Kurdish regions. And that goes for the rest of Iran, the Iranian Arabs, the Iranian Baluch, the Iranian Kurds, or any, any of the other minorities, they do not have leadership. And uh, obviously, 40 years of oppression, 41 years of oppression by the Iranian or Islamic Republic uh, has had this effect that they they are in uh, the, the Iranian opposition is in shambles, uh, and there are people that are going back to pre-Iranian revolution and they're actually touting or supporting the the deposed uh, Shah's son Reza Pahlavi, yeah. the, the young uh, well was young, <laughs> the young uh, yeah. prince uh, in 1979 who uh, came to the states after his father's. Uh, uh, passing, there, there is really no uh, coherent opposition, and this is part of the problem. And and don't forget the economic pressures on the Iranian people. Uh, the Iranian um, uh, Toman or Rial has almost the it's devalued by uh, something like four hundred percent in just a few months. Let me ask you with that: Do you think? Uh, those factors will, because you have elections coming up. I mean, I think the presidential elections are in June. And, and yeah, they are not held the same time with the legislative elections, but we expect elections to be next year. Yeah, see, that, that's the thing. You know, uh, in, with the Iranians' uh, grand consul, and, uh, uh, it, they can approve or disapprove of any nominee. So unless the yeah. leader agrees with any candidate or yeah. uh, wants any candidate to be uh, uh, part of the election process, they can always disqualify him. And that's, that's always been a problem in Iran. Yeah, so we don't, we don't, we really, so we expect in another maybe hardliners, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think this will surprise everybody if I say this, but I, you might agree with me. I think, uh, uh, the way Iranian politics or Iranian uh, governmental structure is ran is very close uh, to the U.S. If you are a uh, if you're not a Democrat or a Republican, you have no 
you have no say. You can be yeah, disqualified. Yeah. Obviously, uh, somebody like Bernie Sanders was uh, an outsider, independent, and he never got a chance. Yeah, uh, 2016 yeah. or 2020. Yeah, yeah. But, by that you mean that the, the selection process. Exactly, exactly. So, so you can't even make it to the door, uh, and and particularly when you have this external threat. I mean, the Iranian, I mean, the the hardliners will push uh, for uh, an image of the United States as invading them. I mean, yeah. I'll yeah. just add this: that the, the, these new round of sanctions, the Iranian president Rouhani actually said it. Yeah. This is savagery, and as far as I'm concerned, the suffering, what the people in Iran are going through is not just it's it is savagery uh these sanctions do not help uh to remove the current islamic republic of iran or or its its government or turn iran into a democracy they will have the opposite effect as they have in the last 40 years and and sanctions never worked never you have to leave it there hamoud and uh we had a great okay. Now, now you're playing the boss of me now. That's no, why. Well, not at all, sir. We're just I'm out. out. Okay. <laughs> we have to remind the listeners that we are not going to be with you next week. And please do support KPFK. And uh, thank you, Hamoud, again. And thanks to our listeners. And thanks to our engineer, Ricky, for helping us today.